What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. Well, good evening, Niche Finder community. I am pleased to have on our show today as a guest, Maggie Perolton. She is someone who specializes in helping solopreneurs or entrepreneurs really scale their business and and help them to become high-performing leaders by thinking strategically with her company, Stairwell to Leadership. She helps service-based business get to these end results. And I'm looking to hear how she developed and actually found this niche and used it to develop other people in the way that she's currently doing. So without further ado, I just want to make Maggie Perotin welcome to this program. Thank you so much for being a guest with us. Yeah, thank you for having me, Clifton. I'm really excited to be here and I appreciate you having me. All right. Excellent. So without further ado, just tell me, like, why would the audience have a vested interest in your journey? Why would the audience have a vested interest in my journey? <laughs> That's a tough question. <laughs> I think I think we can truly um, learn from anybody. I always say that when you have your mind open, you can learn from any situation, any person. You know, I always say, even my kids teach me things and help me become a better leader and a better person. We can truly learn from anybody. So I guess if we can learn from anybody... Your audience can learn from me a little bit too. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, I, I think that your humility is definitely on full display right now, even with that answer. Because if you have clients that are following you and pay you, I'm sure that you're more than just anybody. You're somebody <laughs> who's offering some value. So, but tell me, like, what do you consider to be your niche? I consider some my niche. I consider it to be a service-based business owners who is very passionate about their business and want to work, want to grow it sustainably long term because their impact is important to them. So it's not about just getting fast growth and getting to fast money, but really thinking 
I want to make the biggest impact I can on my with my genius zone on my clients. I want to grow it sustainably. I want to do it, you know, the best way possible. And somebody who also values balance and really enjoys life, who doesn't want to burn out in the process or just hustle all the time and just being reactive rather than proactive. Somebody who values that being proactive and and harmony between you know, running a business and a personal life. So that's, that's my niche. That's my best client. Excellent. Tell me about at the start of your journey, mm-hmm. as you were uncovering what your niche was and, or you, as you were developing a niche, what type of internal struggles did you find yourself up against? So the internal struggle was that actually in the the, the whole thought from starting my business came from me burning out in the corporate world <laughs> and mm-hmm. getting, getting to a point where I was in a situation when I felt trapped, I was exhausted and started thinking like, there has to be a better way. It cannot be that, you know, in order to provide for your family, but also feel professionally fulfilled, right? As a human, like for me growing and learning, it's an important part of who I am that I have to give up, let's say, my family life or even my health and so on. There has to be a better way. And I truly believe that there is. And so... Coming out of that burnout and thinking through how do I want to, where do I want to take my professional career further came an idea for the business coaching just because I've been a leader for many years. I've coached and developed people. That's something I'm passionate about. I love to do and I'm good at. And also I love business. I think it's creative. I think it's fun and solutions. So that kind of came an idea. But I also wanted to do realizing that a lot of business owners struggle with that where they work a lot and they hustle and they can't, they have a hard time, you know, separating the business from their profession, from their personal life, where I wanted to show them there is a way you can do it, right? You, you can, you're in control of your life and all your business, especially when you're a business owner, right? You don't have a boss standing or the board or all the other things um, where you can do both. So that's mm-hmm. sort of what led me to the, the internal struggle of going through the burnout myself. Wow. Well, did you have any external struggles? Um, external struggles. Do you mean in to start a business? Oh, within the process. Or of- to, to go that even during your journey, I mean, whatever whatever comes to mind. Did you have any any barriers that you were up against? Uh, the barriers for me was the barriers. I don't like to call them barriers, but let's mm-hmm. just say that the challenges were the the okay. the thoughts that I went through when I started my business. I decided to run it on the side. Um, you know, again, I had a good corporate career. I have a family. There's lots of financial obligations that need to be met. So, you know, going through and deciding on, okay, this is what I want to do, but I also need to provide for the family and meet the commitments that I had. It was scary. And I, I don't know if it's like, it's might be even an internal thing, but like almost externally, you're getting externally pulled in you know being in your corporate world and maybe even like there's some 
um, potential for you to grow. And then you have that internal push. No, no, no. This is, I, it's the business I want to do it. This is the right thing for me. This is what I'm passionate about. This is my new way. And kind of trying to decide, okay, when is the right time, you know, to, um, to, to leave? Can I leave? Is it even possible for me? And so on. So I think it's both, right? And, and growing and I, what I was doing, again, I was growing my business on the side for some time. So it was also a challenge of how do I marry both, right? And that's where mm-hmm. high performance habits came for me because I still had a family. I still had a demanding job. So how do I do both? Until I'm ready to leave, right? Um, another struggle I can think of or more external is that I actually realized I didn't have a network. <laughs> so I started a business and I'm an immigrant to Canada. So I'm not somebody who was born and raised here who might have had friends from university and different jobs and so on. And, you know, when you start a business, having a network or building a network is important. So when I started my business, I realized I did not have a network. My network from university or friends and family is all in Europe. And when I came to Canada, I started growing my corporate career. I really didn't network. I just would go and work and have relationship within the company and then go home. Um, So when I started my business, I was like, oh my God, Like I guess I need to do that. So for me, the first year and a half was really building my network from zero and I didn't even tell my corporate you know outside of HR a couple of people I didn't want to get into even the perception of conflict of interest even though it wasn't and I wasn't really in in coaching or consulting at all my 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 corporate career was in a different industry Uh, but I just didn't want to do it so I didn't even tell anybody So I couldn't even rely or like maybe hope that some people knew somebody who could potentially be my client. I just started from ground zero. Mm. So, you know, at the start of your journey, I I hear that you you had these challenges that you were up Mm. against. Did you have an epiphany somewhere along the way that helped you to get to where you are today? Um. The epiphany, the yes, there was one epiphany or something realizing that we're truly when we really want something and we put our passion and focus on it, we can achieve it. Mm-hmm. And the epiphany was just looking at my life or the previous decisions that I've made, whether it was to move to Canada, you know, personally, I went through a divorce at some point in my life, or even like choosing the university and going, making certain decisions that I knew were right for me, that weren't always popular with my surroundings or people around me and sticking with them and trusting myself that I will figure it out no matter what. Like, you know, moving to Canada, for example, I've never been to North America before, actually never flew a plane before and I just moved it's like yeah let's do it why not let's try it out right and I sort of <laughs> figured it out and build a career that was rewarding and it was wow. really good so realizing that got me to the point where I was confident enough to leave my you know secure 
relatively stable job that was actually promising for even more potential and more, more, you know, maybe more promotions down the line and just make that decision. This is not for me anymore. I'm going to go and like just grow my business, even though, you know, I don't have a certainty, 100% that it's going to work out. I just believe in myself and I believe that I can figure it out. So that was a big aha moment to me, just going back and saying, no, 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 you have what it takes. You will figure it out. Mm. You've done it over and over just in different situations in your life. Right. Wow. Um, so what type of mentors did you have along your way? Um, in building my business. So the I actually was very lucky in terms of even in my corporate career, I had some great mentors that taught me the leadership skills and how to coach people and how to really lead by example. Um, so with my business, when I started my business, the, you know, the first thing is finding the, the, the network of like-minded people, right? People who, other people who are running businesses and who are doing challenges and so on. So when I found that, then within that, then I realized I need a mentor. And it was funny because, you know, things come to you when you think about them and so on. The, I remember the first mentor that I found, I decided, um, that week that I need a mentor. I need somebody who ran a business before, who've been through it to, to, you know, just to guide me. And the very, I think it was like the next day or a couple of days, I saw a post in a Facebook group from a lady in California saying, I'm looking for a mentee. I have a spot. Send me a message. And I was like, Oh my God. So I sent her a message um, and said, like, I really would love to be your mentee. I, you know, do whatever it takes and so on. And she accepted me and she turns out, so she was also like a coach, but more of a sales consultant. And she was, um, she lives in California. She used to be an actress and discovered at some point in her life where she, actors need to sell themselves, right? Like you need to go and pitch your things to the director, casting directors. And she was really good at that. And she started her business. I think she was pregnant, single mom with like a thousand bucks in her pocket. And she grew it over the years to multiple seven figures. And at this point, when I met her, she was like semi-retired and just doing coaching, consulting. But she always wanted to give back saying, I wish I had somebody. And we had such an amazing relationship. And she mentored me for much longer than she hoped for. We just developed this great relationship. We're still in touch. And yeah, so that was my first, very first mentor. And I will be forever grateful to her <laughs> for it. Yeah, so I think it is so important to have valuable relationships, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. and, and, and I think when I say valuable, I, I think it's more less on the, the cachet of the individual per se, but more about the gratitude of having someone like that in your life. Yeah. Just to, yeah. I think it's into cherishing. Yes. Persons, right? Cherishing yeah. of the relationship that makes it so worthwhile uh, to have those meaningful relationships. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. They, we know that they're not they're not that common, right? They're not that common. 
when you have somebody who's willingly want to invest in you without an agenda. So mm-hmm. that that I think is pretty awesome. So I consider that to be a portion of your journey. Now, what I would love to get from you uh-huh. is what I would consider to be your niche. Now, the niche for me falls into five different categories. The first one is you know, things that you do that are purposeful. The next one is uh, patterns. This is what you do naturally well. Proficiencies are what you've learned to do well over time. Purposeful is what you do that you feel like you've been ignited by it. And then the last one are, are problem solvers. What do people come to you to solve in a unique way? So if we go back up to the top. What do you consider to be something that's a pattern of yours? Okay. So the pattern, okay, you'll walk me through all those five things. I will. <laughs> so like, I kind of remember, but not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may give them to you out of order, too, just to kind of see, you know. Awesome. Like <laughs> <laughs> awesome. No worries. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I think the pattern of mine is, which I realized through, like, starting my business and gathering up the courage to, to leave my corporate career was that, like, Trusting my intuition in the most important decisions in my life and not taking irrational decisions, but trusting and thinking through what my intuition is telling me and making decision. And when I believe is the right decision for me, following through no matter what everybody else is saying. I made decisions in my life where my dad was not happy about them, for example. And I still followed through and then just trusted that people around me who maybe didn't approve them in the beginning would come around when they saw that that was the right decision to make. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a pattern that I see repeating in my life. Uh, to the positive turns out no matter how difficult those decisions were and no matter how difficult it was to get to the other end they still turned out to be the right ones for me Mm. you know in james clear's book atomic habits he actually has a really good quote that says the more you master specific skills the easier it would it is for you to overcome all odds Now, when you look at your journey and we talk about finding your niche, what were your passions? What did you do that when you did it, you feel like I was ignited? So I always loved to teach and help people with that. Like I I actually back when I was a child, I wanted to be a teacher. My mom was a teacher and my dad kind of started as a teacher. But then, you know, teachers in Poland at the time were not paid the best. It was very Mm. hard to survive on a teacher's salary. So when I grew up and I started thinking, you know, university and career, I actually um, dropped that dream of being a teacher and went into another path. But I think it stayed with me. So then when I came to Canada and started my corporate career, I quickly realized that I'm actually super passionate about helping people grow. So coaching people and leading them and bringing the best out of them. Some of it was by educating them and teaching them on certain things that they needed, right? And in their career and so on, but also coaching them and showing them the way they think and showing them a different perspective and just helping them become better. I call it leaders because I truly believe everybody is a leader by better humans and then bringing the best out of them so they can flourish. So I'm, that is my greatest passion. Really. Mm, love it. 
proficiencies. So proficiencies is the opposite side of the pattern corn that we started out with, which is a, a something you do naturally well. Proficiencies of what you learn to do well over time. So, so what do you consider to be your proficiency? So I think my proficiency is business and having that business skill strategy, analyzing data, like seeing the patterns and so on. That's something that I've learned and got to love, right? And realize that it's a very creative process so to, to have business problems and find solutions and think ahead of time and think strategically and so on. It's a very creative process that I really come to learn and love by now. Like, I think it's fun. Mm. Yeah. So tell, tell me about problems, right? So the problems are what you solve for people in a unique mm-hmm. way and they come to you for that. What are your problem solving techniques? my problem solving technique the first thing i always believe there is a solution no matter what okay and i don't necessarily i see problems just like like just part of life it's not something for me it's not something that it just like happens to some people and never to others who's just out of ordinary it's just part of life there isn't nobody has a life that's perfect 100 like it's just challenges that come our way that i think are there most of the time to help us grow in different different ways since one um so I'm very solution oriented that I just want to, you know, jump and create solutions. But as a coach, I also want to empower my clients to find solutions. So, you know, what I do is that first I want to bring, give them the way, you know, I look about empowering my clients is helping them gain the knowledge and the skill that allows them to change their perspective and elevate the way they think. But then when there is a problem with that skill and change perspective, find their own solution first. And then we can talk through it and talk about it. And then I can add to that my expertise. Because what you find, even when you lead people or even when you have kids, if you just give solutions to people, you empower their brain to just keep seeking solutions outside of themselves. Okay, just give it to me. It's easier. Right, they're not mm. tapping into their potential of problem solving. Mm. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. It's almost like I help people grow so they can find their own solutions, and then yes, if needed, I'll chime in with my expertise and redirect them if I see they're veering off too much. But you want, at least as a coach, I want my clients to be able to create their own solutions. They are the ones leading their business. They are the owners, the CEOs and the leaders, and they need the skills to create and find their solutions because they know their business the best, right? And Mm. they're the ones growing it. Wow. I love it. That's what I consider to be the 5P framework. But there's one last P that I actually almost missed there. The last one, but but not least, is what do you do that feels purposeful? So this is when the thing that you do or the thing that you have done in times past that when you do it, you kind of say to yourself, man, I feel like I was I was made for this moment. Yes. So that's when I see my client's eyes open up. And have this big aha moment and say, oh, my God, I didn't think this was possible. Mm. 
And now when they get to that point, the whole new possibility comes up and they start believing that they can achieve even more. That's like the best moment ever. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's the that is the second segment of the three part segment. <laughs> and I, 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 I love what you shared thus far, because there's something about your journey that, at least in my opinion, it has an element of resonance in there. You know, uh, and there's a story that I tell in my book, um, which we talk about sympathetic resonance. And it was basically, you know, a scientist having two tuning forks. And so long as they were at the same hertz, you know, mm-hmm. tuned to the same frequency, if you if you hit one without touching the other, the other will begin to resonate at the same frequency or at the same the same frequency as the other one that that had not been touched. And they call it sympathetic resonance. It's also a musical principle. And I think that happens quite often as we start to be in environments that also has the same frequency in which we we're we're reverberating on. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, like it may could be with your clients. Now that the light bulb goes off and there's something that you had you know, you know, help them to uncover and that light bulb goes off. In my opinion, I find that to be resonance, right? It's it is that 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 energizing moment that makes that client and and mentor or client and coach relationship just really have even a deeper a deeper meaning to it. So I appreciate you giving voice to that. Oh, that's a great that's a great visual. I love it. That's a great explanation. <laughs> well, I appreciate your kindness too. Um, so the last part of this that I would like to share with you and actually have you share with me, but don't speak to me. Just look, you're looking at me, but I want you to speak to your younger self, right? Okay. <laughs> My younger so self. So you'll be speaking to your younger self. So although okay. you're looking at me, you'll be looking at a, uh, a, 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 at yourself right now. But okay. I want you to give the secrets. You give the secrets that you would give your younger self. So the first question that I would ask you is what secret or what one secret would you give your pre niche self that would help to accelerate that person from where they are at that moment in time to where you are today? I guess the one secret that I would say is don't shrink yourself from like fear to almost like outshine others you know what i mean like don't shrink yourself from fear of being too much to some people or being i don't know just to outshine like i i think there were moments in my life where i just shrank because i didn't want to stand out too much And I thought that that was the good thing to do. But what I learned to do is not because when you shrink yourself, you can't inspire others by who you are and, you know, by what you can do, just being who you are and going through your life. And and shrinking yourself just to not maybe intimidate others who have their own uh, insecurities about it. That's not the way to go, right? Yeah. So that would be probably like one secret that I would give myself, my younger self. <laughs> wow, that's powerful. Uh, what What do you think would be the one secret that is important to getting started and staying committed? To getting started and staying committed, the one secret is important know why you're doing it like really think through the reasons why you're doing it and love those reasons okay because 
no matter what you start, no matter how excited you are, no matter how easy it might get, and it might be in the beginning, for some people, beginnings are easy. At some point, you will hit some challenges and lows and struggles. And if you're not clear on why you're doing it and so on, that commitment might be hard to maintain. Usually, beginnings are hard. Some people not, right? It's not given. But at some point, all of us hit certain fork roads, certain blockades and challenges. Mm. So really knowing why you're doing it and loving those reasons and really standing behind the decision allows you to follow through when your reasoning is very shaky because other people want it or because just like I thought it would be great and so on, then it's it's very hard to overcome the challenges that will inevitably show up at some point. Wow. You know, Charles, Charles Spurgeon, um, theologian, actually said this because I was thinking about what you were saying just as far as the barriers or the blockages. Uh, he says anxiety doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. I think it's pretty powerful, right? Yeah, it is. And, and, and so when you, when you think about the frame of that question where you could have some anxieties stopping you from moving forward, when you were in your younger self, uh, how intense do you think that you need to be in order to achieve, achieve the dream that you find yourself in right now? How intense? Just like on a scale? Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough question. Um, <laughs> I think you need to be really bolder than you think you can be and believe in yourself even when things don't go wrong, don't go wrong and don't go the way you want. Mm. Um, but yeah, like... I think you need to push yourself, right? You need mm. to be able to see past the fear and believe that what you want to do is possible mm. and just see that, you know, I, I don't remember who's that quote is, but like do things despite the fear, right? Fear is a normal part of mm. Anything that we want to do that we've never done before, it's just as humans, this is how we function, right? If we haven't done this before, we're going to be scared. So being able to push through that fear to do it anyway, that's like how intensive you need to be. And it might mean different, you know, levels of intensity for different people, but like truly you have to get past the fear. You can't let the fear stop you. Mm, I love it. You know, I, I, it's one of the quotes that I love by Marianne Williamson. She said that, and, and, I, and I'll quote, she said, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light not our darkness that most frightens us. Uh, Marianne Williamson said that. Yes, and I so, love that quote. I love that quote. <laughs> <laughs> and so the last question that uh, I will ask you is, how do you know when it's time to change course versus staying focused on your goal? Staying focused on your goal. I think, um, I think there's a difference between a long-term vision you have, right? And then 
having a shorter term goal that you think will take you there. Okay, mm. because when you have a long term vision on kind of the impact you want to make and so on, there's many ways to get there. And when you're not attached to the way that you maybe thought was right, then when you try it and it's not working and you've given it enough chance to work through not only consistency, but elevating your skill in that area, wherever you're going and through evaluating and seeing, okay, as you say, I'll give you like, you know, a scientific example, right? If I'm a scientist and let's say I'm trying to, I'm a top scientist in the world and I'm trying to invent vaccine for COVID, this new problem came up, right? I have a lot of skill in doing that. Maybe I've invented whatever, three vaccines before. So I will have a theory of how to make the vaccine for COVID. But it doesn't mean that when I implement that theory the first time around, I'll, you know, hit a 10 and it will work, right? We know that it didn't work right away. Not it yeah. took time to reassess the theory, readjust and, and, you know, tweak things in order for it to work. So when, so let's just say if I picked it, that temporary goal, a strategy, and I've given it a chance based on my skill, based on me not giving up and it's not working at some point, okay, I need to take a different route. Giving the, my vision of whatever it is long term that I want to achieve, there is a different way to achieve it. So if I'm not attached to one way, but I, and I've given it a fair chance and that's not working, pick another way. Mm. And I know that, you know, it's sometimes hard to figure it out, but it comes to that, again, having trust and confidence in yourself, knowing that you've had a skill that you did what it took, right? You're just not giving up or you're not like, oh, you know, oh, it didn't work the first time I'm giving up, but you you did what it took and that route is just not the right one. You take it in front of mm. So, So I actually, I know I said that with the last question, but I, I do have to get from you. What would be a few action items or at least one that you would give the niche finder community that you feel are must-haves? Must-haves. Okay. In terms of to get to where they want to be or? Uh, yeah. You know, what are must-haves to, you know, helping them find their niche and, and, um, and help it to get to the level of success that you find that you help others to get to? Okay. Find their niche. So definitely think about what lights you up, right? What could you do nonstop without getting tired for free without getting paid and so on? That's definitely your passion. If there is something you could do all the time and you lose yourself in it and you are you're like, oh yeah, I could do it for free. That would be your passion, right? And then you know, in terms of a business, so I'm just going to say, like, I want to narrow it down. So let's just say you want to start a business, right? And you're like, okay, well, what do I do? Like, where do I do it? So then the first thing is find that passion. Like, what are you love to do, right? Then the second part is, do I have a skill in it? Like, I might love to do it. Like, I might love swimming, but I'm not a greatest swimmer or I'm kind of good swimmer, but I need to learn a little bit more to really make it a vision, right? If I want to be in the Olympics 
and I'm just like a regional level swimmer, I got to bring up my skill. <laughs> I'm yeah, not going to win Olympics. Yeah. So maybe there's some skills I need to grow and I need to invest in myself and so on. So is it, do I need to invest? Do I have a skill and so on? And then the third part is, if you truly wanted to make a business, then from that idea, you want to see, okay, well, if I have a skill in this and I have a passion for this, if I start selling whatever that is, is there a market for it? Are people willing to pay for it? And sometimes, you know, when we're an entrepreneur, it's a novel idea. There might be some big market research or some more extensive market research coming into it. But if it's not that novel idea and there's already somebody doing it and having success with it, then clearly there is a market for it. <laughs> so then yeah. that's, that's how you can sort of determine in terms of the business. And then you want to say, okay, well, what is the first step for me to get closer to it? If dreaming big is very intimidating and you're like, I don't even know how to start in one way, what would be the first step you do it? Maybe it is market research. Maybe it is figuring out, okay, well, what was it exactly what I do, right? Maybe it's asking your friends, hey, do you, you know, if I offer that, would you buy it or do you want it? I would do it for free in the beginning just to check, test, who wants it, right? Like, let's just gain some skill and so on. So just... I always say, like, pick whatever you want to achieve. Just take the smallest, easiest step towards it. And that will open the next step and then the next step and then the next step. We don't need to go in big leaps. We can just start step by step. Mm. I love it. So yeah, how would someone get in contact with you? They now have heard this interview. They're interested. They feel the resonance coming from the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> how would they how would they get in contact with you? Uh, the best way is through my website, stairwaytoleadership.com. It's one word, stairwaytoleadership.com. In there, there is you can contact me via email, there's my social media links, a link to my podcast. However you want to contact me through that website is probably the best. <laughs> Excellent. And for our niche product community, for those who want to get in contact with me, you know, uh, by now, if you've been listening or if you're listening for the first time, dreamoctane.org, that's dreamoctane.org is where you can go and learn uh, what we have to offer for you. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dream and ability could be its fuel. Join us on dreamoctane.org to see how we can help you to not only discover your niche, but develop it and deliver it to a wider audience. It's a lot of fun. Why? Because you become the tool that help you to get there. <laughs> so uh, we want to thank you for, for tuning in today. Uh, Maggie Perodin, I want to thank you also for being a part of this as well. And so uh, any last words that you want to share with the community? I, A, I want to say thank you, Clifton, for having me and thank you, everybody, for listening. The last word of wisdom is that you can truly achieve, especially when you live in North America, in U.S., mm -hmm. in Canada or in a free country, you can truly achieve anything you set your mind to. It just takes confidence in yourself and taking the steps, knowing why you're doing it and just keep going. So. Excellent. Thank you so much. And this Fonda community, we look forward to having the very next guest on our program to help you on your journey towards success. Thanks again.